الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونستهديه ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شر أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا إنه من يهدي الله فلا ضد له ومن يضلل فلن تجد له ولي مرشدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله بلغ الرسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح الأمة وكشف الغمة وتركنا على المحجة البيضاء اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا وحبيبنا وقدوتنا محمد بن عبد الله وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين. يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله ولتنظر نفس ما قدمت لغد واتقوا الله ان الله خبير بما تعملون. In the name of Allah the beneficent, the gracious, the compassionate, the merciful. I be witness that there is no deity worthy of worship and adoration. And gratitude except Allah, the creator and sustainer of the heavens and the earth. And I be witness of Prophet Muhammad Life is indeed hard. And if you were to think of all hard things in life, perhaps nothing is as hard as uh, working. We're dealing with human beings. And particularly with opening hearts. Opening a heart of a human being. Imagine a family member, your child, your spouse parent, to even seeing your point of view, convincing them to change their ways, right? We're constantly engaged in this battle of life to change the minds and hearts of other people and open their hearts, their heart, very hard. And most of our problems emanate from that interaction. Let me take you back 1400 years ago when Prophet Muhammad وسلم, his whole mission and existence centered around opening hearts. And that was his gauge of success on this earth, the ability to guide the hearts of creation, stubborn, cruel people, bent on their ways to see Allah. Imagine the hardship that they had to endure, especially when the chiefs of Mecca, the tribes that dominated the space were very resistant and stubborn people, full of ego, arrogant, and he was indeed met with harsh treatment from them. They did not just welcome his message when he came to speak with them. They really lashed out at him in a very cruel and a harsh way. Then it must have taken a toll on him, heavy, heavy toll. Over and over and over, they're rejecting his invitation to even sit down and just talk. <laughs> and he didn't ask for anything in return. So they understood that, but they didn't want to change their ways because it was beneficial for them to maintain the status quo. Imagine now, suddenly, some of those chiefs of Mecca, it is reported one of them, accepted or agreed to speak with Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He said, all right, I'll talk to you. I'll give you some of my time. So Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was very eager and happy. You know what? Here's my chance. Here's my rare opportunity to speak with one of their chiefs. Perhaps I can influence his heart. And if, I, if a chief is impacted, if one of those chiefs finds Allah and becomes a believer, Right? Others would follow naturally. That's why it's significant to change leadership as well. Right? So the Prophet saw an incredible opportunity in this. And he was very happy. Ultimately, it's really about Allah. This man met with Prophet Muhammad when the Prophet was deeply engrossed in the conversation with him about the revelation of Allah, about the message of the Quran, about the truth. And this man is there pretending to listen to Rasulullah They're in the midst of this conversation when suddenly, imagine this, suddenly a simple unknown man shows up. 
unknown man who happens to be blind. Happens to be blind. His name is Abdullah ibn Umm Maktoum. Shows up. He must have heard the voice of Rasulullah from a distance. And he's blind, so his hearing would be you know, more, more sensitive. So he heard the voice of Rasulullah from a distance, and he came running. Running to Rasulullah And as he approached, he must have heard the conversation. That Rasulullah was busy talking to this chief. But because he was so eager, he didn't care. So he showed up on the scene and heard Rasulullah talking to this man and he didn't care. So he interrupted Rasulullah. He said, Oh Rasulullah, oh Rasulullah, teach me, teach me, teach me from what Allah taught you. Rasulullah was so busy with this important interaction, important high level VIP meeting. And here's a man behind him talking on him, teach me, teach me. Think of when your child shows up like that. Rasulullah, the sensitive and compassionate man that he was, Rahma, he, he should have naturally done what? Listen, you know, listen, Abdullah, I know you, we always talk, man. We're talking night and day. Abdullah was the relative of Rasulullah. He was the cousin of Khadija. So they were family. Imagine how much he saw Rasulullah day and night. He had access and an, and, and an opportunity to speak to Rasulullah And yet, whenever he heard his voice, he wanted to go and learn. So here's talking with Rasulullah, teach me, teach me, teach me. And Rasulullah now got upset. Because he's busy with something that is rare. Opportunity I might not have again. Because if I lose this chief, that's it. So Rasulullah got upset, annoyed. But because he was a mercy to creation, he didn't turn back to Abdullah and say, listen, Abdullah, at a minimum, can we make an appointment some other time? Sure, see me at night. He didn't even say this. Out of sensitivity and thoughtfulness towards his feelings, he didn't want to offend him by even telling him, I'm too busy for you right now. Please come back. He didn't even say this. All he did was just continue speaking to that man saying, hey, listen, do you, is there anything that I said that is not clear to you? Trying to remind Abdullah, I'm talking to this man. But Abdullah kept asking, teach me, teach me, teach me. So Rasulullah got annoyed and he showed a bulge, a little wrinkle on his forehead. You know, you're just annoyed. He held his tongue, didn't say anything. So this is a blind man. He couldn't have seen clearly Rasulullah and all he can do is hear. Rasulullah wouldn't utter a single word to hurt his feelings or to tell him, I don't have time for you. All he did was show this annoyance on his face, and this man didn't even see it. It was a slight bulge on his forehead. That's it. So that's it. And continue talking to the chief. The event ends. Abdullah leaves. The chief leaves. And it's just another incident in the life of Rasulullah. From our perspective, this is very tiny. Right? Very tiny. How often do these things happen in our lives? Who would have thought that Allah now would send revelation? Wahi. On the heavens. In a surah that most of us have memorized, and we rarely reflect on in its core beautiful message, that this is our Islam, Allah would send down revelation, wahi, for humanity to read from that time until the day of judgment about this incident, about the encounter with this man. Talking to Rasulullah to teach him and guide all of us. And this is actually an evidence, this surah becomes an evidence why Rasulullah is Rasulullah. 
Because there's no way if he invented this Quran to have said about himself something that is Allah that Allah is about to say to him. It was a blame for Rasulullah. What is Allah revealed to him? Imagine or hear now the Prophet hearing this message. Picture him hearing this message from Jibreel alayhi salam, where Allah begins the surah Ba'da A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajeem, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Abasawatawalla. And Ja'ahu Ma'ala. Oma Yadirika Ala'ahu Yasaka. Aw Yadakaru Fatakaru. Amma Manishtara, Amma Manishtara, Oma Yadirika Ala'ahu Yasaka. Amma Manjaaka Yasaka, Mahua Yasha, and Ta'ahu Dalaha, Kalla in Hatan Kira, Amma Shah. Beautiful, incredible, powerful surah that comes down. You and I teach our children. We learn it from the age of three, four. Who would have thought amongst us that it's about an incident in the life of Rasulullah that Allah says it is so paramount and it's so important for you and me to pay attention to that even Rasulullah had to hear it. What's happened in this surah? What does Allah teach Rasulullah? What is he telling him here? He begins it by saying, Abasa, he frowned, meaning you. He frowned. Would you have imagined that a surah is entitled, He frowns? That frown was recorded by Allah. That frown was received by Allah Azza wa Even if it came from the most compassionate of all creation, Allah took notice of that. Because of the consequences of even that frown. And he said to him, He frowns. And he turned away from who? From that blind man. And then Allah says, when the blind man showed up, he turned away, you. And then he posed the question, did you know that that man didn't come to benefit? That you would not have been purified by you spending time with him? Or that he would remember? Ask for the one, ask for the one who didn't even care, meaning the chief. The chief was pretending, playing games. He was totally indifferent. He could care less about Islam, about faith. Rasulullah is doing this as play. And Allah is declaring that to Rasulullah this man that came, he meant nothing to me. He's not a VIP. He might have appeared as VIP to everyone. He's no VIP to Allah As for him, and I'm telling you right now, in his heart, he didn't care. And this man that showed up, who didn't even care, you turn your attention and effort towards him. Because you really want to guide his heart to Allah but as for the one who is really eager, who really desires Allah, who loves Allah, who's simple, who's humble, yet in his heart, in his heart is a sincere, authentic eagerness to learn and grow. Then you, you made a decision not to turn your attention to him. Indeed, this is a reminder. So whoever wishes to remember, let him or her remember. That's a heavenly divine message. For all of us, what is Allah saying to Rasulullah Number one, two messages, two key messages that all of us need to pay attention to. As I said, it is in the Quran. Whatever is in the Quran is important for you and me, for our growth, for us to become better people. Isn't that, isn't that what the Quran about? Right? Islam is about bettering us, beautifying us. Allah is declaring this to be at the heart of our faith. It is important as making salah. As important as making salah. What's the number one message? Allah is asking Rasulullah and all of us, who do you think is worthy of your attention? Who do you think in every moment? Who is really worthy and deserving of your time? And how do you know? How do you know? And it's a question posed for all of us 
Who do you listen to at any moment? Oftentimes what we human beings do is that we gauge um, people's worth based on what? Outward appearance, isn't it true? Based on social status, based on wealth, based on their importance. And those who really have the resources, we, we race. When they even say, hey, shit, right? We race to them. But the simple, humble, lowly man who possesses no social stature, who might be suffering, might be resourceless, yeah, not now, not now. This person needs more of my attention right now, and I, and I think I can get more out of it. Allah is saying, you don't know what the gauge of worthiness is. <laughs> the gauge of worthiness, the worthiness of a human being, and whether they deserve your time or not at this moment, is gauged by their inside. And Allah is saying, it's whether that heart really seeks Allah. You might not know. You might not know these things. But don't you be among those who seek out people or give them attention just because of status, just as because of these, you know, because of these false standards that culturally we subscribe to. That's a major lesson of the surah. And Allah says about this chief, you know this man? He's worthless to Allah. He might be a VIP for all of Mecca. He is worthless to Allah because his heart hates us. He's indifferent doesn't care, and he's no VIP to Allah. He means nothing. And Allah says, don't waste your time with him. So it's actually a gentle counsel to Rasulullah Because Rasulullah was just concerned. He didn't need these people. He was just busy delivering the message. Right? But Allah is trying to elevate him and elevate all of us further even. And the Prophet was perfected. And it was a gentle reminder to him exposing the rotten nature of this man. And he's saying, he's not even worth your time. You're not responsible for him. Don't worry about him. Ignore him. And when this blind man showed up, when this blind man showed up, Allah Azza wa is setting a high standard for Rasulullah That is very difficult for us because it was Rasulullah When that man that you know, who's blind, who's now nagging on you, he's annoying you. Indeed he is. You're busy with a very important VIP meeting. This man should have known, isn't it? It is an annoying behavior. He interrupted Rasulullah even though he heard him speaking. But he's, he's well-intentioned. He really wanted to learn. Allah says, you really should have in that moment made the decision to ignore that sheep and turn your attention to this. Even if you taught him that stuff before. Fulfill his need right now. Give him your attention. That's the message of Allah. He's asking all of us, how important is that to you and me? And then Allah teaches all of us that when this blind man shows up in our lives, when that simple, humble soul shows up with a request, with a question, with a need, how do you react to them? It's not about just giving them their time. Rasulullah could have just turned to him and said, what do you want? I'm talking to you, what do you want? Don't you see I'm busy? Right? How do you react? Rasulullah didn't even say a word. They even hurt Abdullah. Abdullah was not hurt by this, by the way. That's what's extraordinary about this. Because Rasulullah held his tongue. He just saw it as, showed a slight annoyance on his forehead. And yet, yet it was important to Allah. He said, I saw the frown. Right? It was here. Even though this man didn't see it. Right? <laughs> That's still a high step. It's like such a high standard. Be careful and pay attention to your gestures and your expressions. They might break a heart. Might break a heart. Allah saying, pay attention to your reactions, 
to your interactions to how you show up. How you show up and how you handle the creation of Allah when they come to you seeking you out. That indeed our faith is not about just how we show up to the salah. We're busy trying to perfect our salah or you know, elevate our experience of the salah. This is worship. This is the deen. The deen is when we show up, Jum'ah, right? How we stand up and line up and everybody's looking at the toes of everybody. It's like, where are they lined up, right? Where are the hands? Everybody's busy looking and checking each other out. But you notice that in Jum'ah, Allah is saying, be careful, don't trample on anyone. Make sure you sit where you have space. Don't even jump on the you know, heads and necks of people. Make sure you don't make noise. Make sure you're clean. Make sure you don't come with a smell. Don't trample on the creation of Allah. That indeed faith is much more than just how you show up in the salah. It's how you show up between salahs. How you show up with the creation of Allah and how you touch them. How you touch them. You and I, every single encounter, we're touching each other. We're handling each other's hearts and souls. And Allah says, pay attention. Even the gesture, the bulge on your forehead has an impact, has a ripple effect. It can... Imagine now the reaction you have when you show up with an urgent question, when your child shows up with an urgent question, even though they're asking it over and over and over. And by the way, this doesn't excuse the behavior itself. Allah says, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. It's how you react to it. Do you react with anger? Imagine if somebody lashes out at you. Indeed, when people ask us incessantly, and they're nagging on our heads, instead of being calm in our reactions, what do we do? How often do we yell? How often do we get angry? How often do we not just say, listen, I don't have time, but unleash hell, right? Criticisms and commentaries telling people, you don't have any common sense, don't you see? Right? Aren't you stupid? Are you stupid with that question? Didn't I answer your question a hundred times? Right? How do you feel when somebody speaks to you like that? That right now when I showed up, showed up with my urgent need or question, whatever it is, whatever it is, Somebody just looks at you with that snare in their eyes, like just telling you, Mm-mm, you did something very inappropriate, you're wrong. By putting you down with a word or a gesture, it can break a heart. That soul might not even come back, right? Allah says, pay attention to this. This is very important to Allah. And it's indeed a choice. And Allah reminds us, pay attention to the character of Allah himself. To the nature of Allah, how he handles his creation. We find that rooted in his names. Isn't Allah the one who calls himself Al-Wasi'? He encompasses everyone. No matter what their status is. Everybody is encompassed under the mercy of Allah. Allah doesn't, by the way, exclude anyone. People exclude themselves. People are the ones who throw themselves out. Not Allah. He doesn't doesn't throw anybody out. And he's called Rabbul Alameen. The nurture and caretaker of everything. Every soul matters to Allah. Every heart matters to Allah. And if you recall when we spoke a couple of weeks ago about Sulaiman who in the middle of conducting a high affair stopped his own army to pay attention to what? Ants. Allah's message was, don't trample on that ants. Don't be so busy that you don't see it. And Allah's saying, if you're not seeing the creation, of Allah, when they show up in your life and they are a gift for you in that moment, you can break their hearts. You can produce pain. You don't know the consequences of that reaction. We're weak people. We make mistakes. Allah says, 
who are those who are going to learn from even the nature of Allah himself, who calls himself also as Samir al-Mujib, the one who hears everyone, the one who answers everyone, this is very significant in our faith, that the ones closest to Allah are the ones who are, the ones who are gentlest, kindest. They're actually concerned for the creation of Allah. I'm not be able to fulfill your need right now, but Allah says it doesn't matter. Pay attention to how you react. That he tells Rasulullah and we memorize this other surah as well, but we're not paying attention to how much this is at the heart of our faith. When he says to him, Sallallahu Pay attention to the message of Allah for Rasulullah. He says, Ask for the orphan. Here's the message. You want my support? You want my, you know, um, you know, my strength and power to come to your aid, etc. etc. It's a message for all of us. You want that? He says, ask for the orphan. Don't be harsh. No matter what, you cannot help them, but don't be harsh with them. Ask for the petitioner. What's a petitioner? Anybody that shows up with a need. It could be a beggar on the street. Just ask me, just please give me, right? Could be an ignorant person asking, I'm confused about this math problem. Please, I can I get some help with my homework? I have a hard time with this project. Please, please, I don't understand what the requirements are. And you're busy. <laughs> or it could be just a meek person. You know, people are just weak, meek. Just, they just need help, encouragement. They're asking, I'm just not feeling well. I'm sad. I'm afraid. Give me a hug. Right? That could be the person, a petitioner. Allah left it open. You know what Allah says? You might not be able to give them. You might not have money. You might not have an answer. But what does Allah expect? He says, Don't you ever repulse them. Be gentle in your reaction, in how you handle them, in how you touch them, pay attention to your words and your gestures. You might say, Listen, I really don't have anything on me. But please, like, make him talk for you. Let's talk to this other time. I can give you some help this other way. Whatever it is, make sure you're gentle with them that they leave feeling uplifted. Who would have thought that this is as important to Allah as the Salah would conduct? That this is a fruit of the faith, a fruit of the worship, and it's indeed born out of this powerful surah that came to Rasulullah. And that's why Rasulullah, when he walked, he touched everything so compassionately. Touched the tree compassionately. Touched the ant compassionately. It is reported that when he saw kids, children in the street playing, he would leave everything because he looked at him and they knew he would play with them. And no matter what, what was happening in his life, he would just start chasing and playing with them. Imagine in the neighborhood, Rasulullah as I'm running, can you imagine a sheikh running? Like literally lifting his phone that's running after children just to play with them. They're like, no, 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 it's not my faith. Sheikh, right? That's Rasulullah that a woman who was mentally handicapped, mentally ill. And everybody knew that. He's walking with his companions again, conducting high business. She stopped him in his way. It's like, stop in his way. It's like, I'm talking. Rasulullah didn't say, get out of my way. You know who she is? Get out of my way quickly. Right? He says, no, no, everybody was like, go, go, go. He says, which side of the street do you want to talk? On this or that? She's like, this. Right? He takes her on the side of the street. Right? And then talks to her. And he says, tell me whatever you want to say. She kept talking and talking, talking. His ears were like, drove him crazy when she was talking. And so I wouldn't even say a word to her and kept just nodding. 
hearing her, and he, and she kept talking and asking, etc., until she quieted, and he says, anything else you want to tell me? She says, no, I'm happy. I'm satisfied. He says, so I He ensured she left satisfied. That's his barometer. That's his gauge. That's why he was rahmah alamin. May Allah Azza wa beautify us, make us really understand his powerful messages to all of us and make us among the elect and well concerned for all creation. It is reported that Rasulullah ever uh, since this incident occurred and he received this revelation, he didn't try to justify or excuse, make excuses. No, no, no. It is a gentle, subhanAllah, the gentlest creature of Allah. So whenever he saw Abdullah, Abdullah was a very poor man, as I said, blind, and, and he was one of the earliest converts to Islam. And he loved the Quran so much, he taught so many people the Quran. He has an incredible legacy. Because Rasulullah spent time with him. Cared for him, nurtured him, everybody mattered. He gave everybody time. He gave from the best of what he had. Everybody he thought deserved it. Never left anyone because of where they stand socially. So whenever he saw him, he made a joke with him to just soften his heart. Abdullah didn't even know that Rasulullah was annoyed. But when did he know? <laughs> when Abdullah came down, it's like, mm, oh, Rasulullah like, was annoyed, right? So Rasulullah clearly knew that Abdullah now knows. So whenever he saw him, he says, Abdullah, assalamu alaikum, marhaban, welcome, welcome to the one that Allah sent revelation because of to blame me. You're the one that Allah sent revelation to blame me because of, you know, because of you. And he was saying it jokingly to just kind of soften his heart and just make him feel good. That's Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What a beautiful choice that we have in our lives. And, and here it comes. Allah saying to, to you and me that in that moment when someone shows up in our lives, in that mini encounter with a child or or a spouse, or a neighbor, or somebody who's just coming to annoy you right now. And it doesn't justify their behavior. I'm not saying this. There are times when we need to establish boundaries, teach our children, right? This is not the time, but there is a way to do it. It's not to offend. It's not to inflict pain. That whoever shows up for you is a gift from Allah. The gift of the Rasulullah in that encounter was Abdullah, not the other man. But how often do we confuse a picture? Right? Even in the name of faith, and we end up trampling on the creation of Allah. This is the standard of our faith. Why when I look at this surah, I say, how beautiful is our faith? That it elevates and beautifies us to this level. It says, pay attention to your thoughts, to your words, to even the folds on your forehead. That it doesn't hurt a human being. That those who walk this are walking the path of Nur of Rasulullah. That this is his example. And Allah is really seeking to elevate all of us to that high, exalted level because the people of Allah, the people who will be the neighbors of Rasulullah in Jannah are those who walk gently on his path. As Allah has a gentle blessing that all of us to beautify our hearts and spirits to make us among those who draw the most beautiful out of themselves, who choose to walk that gentle walk on this earth, to choose that smile over the crown, to choose to heal instead of breaking others. 
to choose to guide others and soften their hearts instead of being harsh with them. We ask Allah to join us with Rasulullah in Jannah al Fadaus in the companionship of all the prophets and all the righteous. وأدخلنا برحمتك في عبادك الصالحين وصلي لهم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله الصلاة حي على الكلام قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله مستقيم وعددي Allah, 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 Allah,
الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين كلا Thank you. 